Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 755, 755. If you'd like to have a copy of program number 755, uh, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Uh, just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including the postage and handling. I've got uh, the continuation of the book of Revelation, and uh, got music and letters. But right now, uh, let's pray. Father, I that you will un- continue anointing me, that the people of the world and the people in the church will have a stronger, more full understanding of the duty that we have to uh, live in the Spirit. We know that uh, if we don't live in the Spirit, that we're carnal and that uh, we're in the world, rather, that in the um, spiritual realm. And therefore, we're still not born again in the Spirit. We have to be aboard the Spirit, uh, the life of you, in order to be able to satisfy your need for us to be totally in you and you to be totally in us. There is no in-between. So, Father, I pray that this will be furthered in this message and that uh, Satan will be bound even all the more and that the way of life is revealed to us even all the more and that every door for Satan is closed, every door. Lord, rebuke him in Jesus' name and open doors for us, great and mighty doors. Things that we've not seen that will shortly come to pass. For we know that you're coming back to earth again. And therefore we need your total guidance in these last days. We need the Spirit to uh, lead us, guide us, and direct us. Lord, I ask that this happen in the name of Jesus. That souls be saved and the church transcend in Jesus' name. And everyone says amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, I've never been able to understand why God chose me to uh, be the head of a worldwide work of God. I mean, all the praise, the honor, the glory goes to the Lord. And uh, I just wonder, why me, Lord? And that's the name of this song that was written by a friend of mine, Chris Christopherson. Why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving? The kindness you've shown Lord, help me, Jesus I've wasted it so Help me, Jesus I know what I am But 
try me, Lord. If you think there's a way, I can try to repay all I've taken from you. Maybe, Lord, I can show someone else. What I've been through myself on my way back to you, Lord, help me, Jesus. I've wasted it so. Help me, Jesus. I know. My soul's in your hands. Praise the Lord. Well, no one has sufficiently in this world satisfied the demand of the Holy Spirit for their inner life of Jesus Christ in God, in us. We have not done that yet, the people of this world. We must look to the Lord for power, for leading, guidance, direction. The combination of the seven spirits of the Lord, the intensification of the Holy Spirit that we may clear up all these things that still keep hanging on us day after day, year, month after month, week after week, year after year, to clear these things up once and for all. We must humble ourselves and be broken I have a broken spirit and a contrite heart. We must be broken in order for the Holy Spirit to enter into us through that brokenness. Um, these things must be cleared up so that we can have life. It must be cleared up for life, for us to have life, and for our and the rest of the remainder of the life that the Lord is allowing us to live. We must clear them up more thoroughly until we are full of the, completely full of the life of Christ in God. Till we're full of life and peace. Because to live carnally is death. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The witness of life and peace within us is not sufficient, of course, to prove that all of our past, which is death, uh, and needs to be done away with, uh, or ended, has already been dealt with. It only indicates that we have attended to everything according to the a demand of the Lord's Spirit living within us. It is possible that later, when our life has grown, um, I mean, the life of Christ has grown in us, 
Our life is Christ really in God in us. And the Spirit of the Lord in his life and his peace. After several thorough endings and dealings of the Holy Spirit with our spirit, we will have cleared up, we have put away, put to death all to a much better degree of the things and deeds, relations, and concepts of the past, which are not pleasing to the Lord. We can then follow the Lord and go on with a life. So uh, we need the Lord's conviction on a daily basis all throughout the day in order for us to completely put an end to the things that the Lord does not desire for us to have. As I said yesterday, half of us can't be in the airplane and half out. Half of us can't be on the train and the other half out. There's the gospel train that's coming. And if we're half on, then we're dragged, the train is dragging us to death. Because we can't, we've got to be totally on board. All right, I'm in uh, chapter, uh, verse 10 of chapter 1 of the book of Revelation. And uh, the apostle John is saying, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And now the Lord's day is every day. Because we must rest in him. And that's what I'm talking about is if we're totally in the Lord, then we're totally resting in God from all of our labors. Our life, our labors, our deeds, all these things. But uh, back then, uh, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Uh, Verse 11 saying, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the A through Z. The first uh, in the whole universe and the last in the whole universe. And I want to take you along with me, but you have to be get on board, get in with me, so, and let me live entirely in you. I'm the first and the last, and so where are you going to go from there? You have to be in me if you want to live eternally, is what he's saying. And what thou seest, John, write in a book. And we uh, see the things that John wrote. This is what he uh, was saying to him, and this is what John wrote down. And send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Well, you see here how thorough the Lord is when he's explaining who to send things to. And you find uh, that uh, I find, after all these years in the spiritual realm, I find that the people of the Lord are not explicit in things that they uh, say. Uh, they, uh, You ask them a question and they either shake their head no, they don't say anything, or they shake their head up and down uh, like a, a donkey, yes, instead of saying yes or no. And you could tell them, uh, like, for instance, one of the people in the church, I told him to bring our daughter 
to Daytona Beach in Florida because that's where we were living, uh, for that's where we were going to meet them. And they, instead of communicating back and saying, okay, now let me get this straight. Is it Daytona Beach or Dayton, Ohio? Well, what she did is took our daughter to Dayton, Ohio. And we were on the phone and wondering where the plane came in. And I said, where are you? She said, I'm standing right here at ba- on the baggage. And I said, we're standing here at baggage also. And I said, what town are you in? She says, I'm at uh, Dayton, Ohio. I said, well, I told you to come to Daytona, Florida. Well, uh, both of them start with a D, and it comes close to that, doesn't it? This is the feeling of people in the spiritual realm. They don't explain things. They're not explicit. So Jesus is. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And what uh, thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches. Well, he could have left it at that. But he becomes detailed, detailed in every church he mentions to the seven churches which are in. First of all, he says they're all in Asia. That's one clue. But that is enough for the Lord, he says, unto the church at Ephesus. That's not enough. Seven churches, he mentions one here, and then he goes, and unto Smyrna. And the people uh, that call themselves of the Lord, they don't want to be detailed like the Lord. They just aren't. And therefore, there's so much wanting in the body of Christ. We haven't reached in detail the fullness of the stature of what Christ wants us to be detailed in Asia unto Ephesus. Then he goes a little bit further. That's one of the churches. He the seven churches and unto Smyrna. That's church number two. Are you that way? Are you explicit? No, you're not. And you think you're cool by not being like the Lord. To me, being cool is to be exactly like the Lord, to explain things. To Smyrna, that's two. Unto Pergamos, that's three. And unto Thyatira, that's four. And unto Sardis, that's five. Cinco, cuatro, cinco. And unto Philadelphia, that's six. And unto Laodicea, that's the seven churches. Can you be that detailed when you're explaining something to people? There's so much, uh, many accidents and losses because the people don't care anything about being detailed like the Lord is. He explains the complete lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ in several books in the Bible, several chapters. He's detailed. He tells what tribe people are from. He mentions the names of the people in the tribes, who the mother was, who the father was, which one of the different females are the ones that were married to Jacob, whose name was uh, Israel, who uh, the, each one of their mothers were. Jacob had four wives, and these um, four wives had all the children of Israel because Israel was Jacob, and Jacob is Israel. And so all these, um, and that's why so many people are so stupid today, 
they say that polygamy is not of the Lord. And yet the Lord in the book of Revelation that I'm reading right now shows us that these 12 children from these four wives of Jacob's, their names are over the gates, the 12 gates uh, in the kingdom of heaven. This is how detailed the word of the Lord is. And so we have to follow the Lord according to every detail in the Bible. What were the names of the 70 sons of Gideon? You know. And how many daughters did he have? He had 70 sons. Isn't that right? Okay, well, did they all come from one wife? No. Why? Did you ever hear of a woman having 70 sons? No. And a bunch of daughters on top of it? Well, the Lord uh, commends uh, Israel and the... 12 sons from this polygamous marriage. Yet the people of the world don't honor polygamous, but they honor homosexuals, which are totally against the word of God. But see, the Lord is so detailed that if you read the Bible, you'd know that you're coming against the Lord's doctrine, against the Lord. And he wants you to get on board. Uh, he gets you to get on board, get on the word. The word is the Lord. So he wants you to get into the word and for the word to dwell in you and you to dwell in the word. Okay, so that you don't wind up following some heretic. Like these different preachers that you see them appearing in the news of this shamefully uh asking the antichrist anti asking forgiveness of the antichrist verse 12 and i turned to see after he's detailed with all these churches and where they're at uh, john says and i turned to see the voice that spake with me and being turned i saw you know he's very specific he didn't see say some candlesticks like some people say, well, a few this or a few that. That doesn't, that's not specific. You people that say things like that are not of the Lord. You have to be specific. Well, we'll be there in a few minutes. What's a few? Two minutes, three, five, 10, 20, 15, when and what? He said he saw not a group of golden candlesticks. He says he turned and saw seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He counted them and specifically said seven golden candlesticks. Verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, he saw one like unto the Son of Man. Now, we know that the Son of Man is Jesus, and we know that the Son of Man, that Jesus is also the Son of God, the first begotten from the dead. And he's the savior of the world. He's the Messiah. He's also the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the A to Z. The, uh, he's, uh, he is all encompassing. He was there at the beginning and he's going to be there at the end. He's forever. He's everything. He created everything with his word, with himself. He is the word. This is being specific and you cannot preach the word of God. And be meaningful unless you're specific. Well, I don't know. I think it's in chapter. So no, 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 no. So in the midst of the seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven candlesticks, 
one like unto the Son of Man, Jesus, clothed with a garment down to the, I have to change the uh, page here, down to the foot, and girt about the paps, which are the breasts, with a golden girdle. Not silver, not beige, not blue, black, orange, pink, no, golden girdle. Golden. You want to be a preacher, you have to get specific girdle. Verse 14. And John knew that the Lord expected him to be thorough in what he said. His head and his hairs were white like wool. Now, I've heard, you know, there was a guard in prison that told me that uh, Jesus is a black person because his hair is like wool. I said, no, his hair is white like wool. He said, it doesn't say that. I said, yes, it does. He says, you want to make a bet? And I said, look, I'm behind bars here, my friend. Go get your Bible and then come and read it to me. Okay, through the bars. I'm not a betting man, but if I did bet you, I would win because I know that I'm right. I'm specific. You just cruise through the Bible like, uh, you know, you don't really pay any attention to what it's saying. Jesus is a Jew. Uh, the Bible makes sure that the, he's in the lineage. The lineage is all Jewish people. All right? With the exception of Adam and all those. But since Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and thereon, they're all Jewish people. With the exception of Rahab the harlot. But uh, there was no, Christ when he was born was a Jew. And he's the God of the Jews, the Bible says. You have to be specific. There's too much heresy around, folks. And you know the Lord doesn't like heresy. So if you're going to get on the gospel train... If you're going to get on board the plane that goes to heaven. Or if you're going to be on the wings of a snow white dove. you got to do what the Bible is telling you to do. And what I'm telling you the Bible says. His head and his hairs were white like wool. And white as snow. Well, does uh, black people have snow on their head? Hmm? How about ice? No, come on, let's get real and his eyes were as a flame of fire well do black people have eye flames come out of their eyes no. no the flame of fire actually is the truth his words his double-edged sword coming out of his mouth he's a Jew and uh, verse 15 and his feet like unto fire fine fine brass as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. This is God. And God is not a Negro. Now, some people say, because I'm teaching the Bible, that I'm saying that, you know, that I'm precious. No, I'm not. Most of my real good friends are uh, black people. I have a lot of black people friends. And uh, they aid much to my church. 
and they are saved. They are filled with the Spirit. We talk about Jesus all the time and the Word of God, and they agree with the Word that I'm preaching here. They know better than that, people that are black. They were cursed, but so were we Jews cursed. We were cursed for 2,000 years because uh, our fathers uh, said, let his blood be upon us and our people. And uh, so we, uh, God blinded us. He allowed us, some of us, to have money but and to have talent, as far as me being a promoter and things like that. But still in all, we didn't have God. God put a veil over our eyes, so we weren't able to see. But the Lord said that he'd save 140 and 4,000 of us in the last days, and that we'd be preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. And every black person that's saved, and every yellow person, and red person, and beige, and brown, they all are, are part of uh, the Jewish nation. He, they become uh, Hebrews. And why? Because they're grafted in. They have the Lord Jesus living in them, and they become part of the body of Christ. So they become Jewish also. Well, we don't look at them like they're Jewish because, you know, they don't look like Jews, but they are in the spiritual realm. So we put away the old black, white, male, female, all these things, the Bible says, so that we can become spiritual, that we're on the gospel train. Amen? Yeah. <coughs> so there's no black or white or orange or green or uh, pink. Um, in the body of Christ, we're all one in Christ Jesus. If you believe the word, then you're a, you're a spiritual Israelite. So he has feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Uh, another thing, too, the Bible says when he's talking to the Samaritan woman, she says to him, she says, how is it that you being a black speak to me? How is it that you being a black person speak to me? No, the Bible doesn't say that, does it? Yeah. We have to be specific. What does it say? How is it that you being a what are talking to me? A Jew. A Jew. Right. Because the Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. So she, that right there gives you a clue, and there's many other clues in the Bible like the genealogies of the Lord. Well, we're bored with this. You know, you're getting too detailed. You better get detailed if you want to get on board. Amen. Amen. If you want to be a soul winner. Okay, so verse 16. And he had in his right hand seven stars. What, not one star? Two, three, four, five, ten, twenty? No, seven. He counted them. Detail. He lets us know detail. What, what? How many stars? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep, seven stars. Isn't that good to get detail like this in the Bible? Yes. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. How many two-edged swords? Huh? One. One. Isn't that simple? Yes. Even people as simple-minded as you and I can figure that out, right? Yeah. 
and it was it had a double edge, right? It swings one way. If you do what it says one way, you're going to go to heaven. But it can swing back on you and send your soul to hell. It's two edges. Two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Well, his countenance was not like the moon. Huh? No. Why, why do you say that? Because it says what? The sun. The sun. Let's get detailed here. Amen? Amen. Verse 17. And when I saw him, John said, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me and saying unto me, Fear not. I'm not coming here to send your soul to hell. Uh, I'm coming here to tell you something. So don't fear that I'm going to send you to hell now. And I'm never going to turn you to hell if you stay in the on the boat, on, in the plane, in the car, the vehicle, in me. I am the first and the last. I'm the A to Z. Verse 18, I'm Jesus, I'm God. Verse 18, I am that. I am he that liveth. And I, I, I was put to death. I, I was dead. Well, who was living and who was dead? That was God. That was Jesus. Amen. Amen. And behold, I am alive forevermore. What is evermore? That's eternal, right? Amen. Forevermore. And amen, he said. That, yes, indeed. And have the keys of hell and of death. In other words, I can put you to death just by turning a key. I can send you to hell just by turning a key. Don't fear him, Jesus said, who can take your life, but rather fear him who can take your life and send your soul to hell. Well, that's God. Satan could kill you. He killed John the Baptist. They murdered Jesus. Uh, they uh, murdered uh, the Apostle Peter. They turned him upside down. And, uh, but they couldn't send their souls to hell. Amen? Amen? Now, Satan can kill you, but you better not fear him. There was three Hebrew children. They uh, They knew. They were standing firm on the promises of God. They said, you stand firm, Jesus says, on my word, and you will go to heaven. Well, they said, well, uh, we're going to throw you in. Nebuchadnezzar made a statue of himself about 90 feet tall. 90 feet tall. And it was made of gold. And said that everybody's supposed to worship him. Because he, he was the king of the world. There wasn't anybody that had more money than him or any more power than him on earth. He said, I want everybody to worship me. I think that statue is 90 feet tall. And it was made out of gold. And so he made a commandment, just as they're doing today, that you have to worship the beast. You have to worship the one world government by, of Rome. Or else he'll be put to death. 
Well, these three decided not to do that. They uh, they said, we're, we're not uh, going to be slow in answering you. We'll, we will not bow down before any idol. That's the second commandment that says you're not to worship any idol. And we're going to, um, that's detail. That's detail. Now, how many people are you worshiping on this earth? How many people do you worship? Now, the detail is don't worship any image uh, or any kind of uh, image, whether it's a man or a woman or a beast or uh, anything. And so it says we're not doing We're not going to give up or forfeit heaven. And just to please you, so just go ahead and throw us in the fiery furnace. And the fiery furnace was so hot that the people that threw them in there uh, were killed. And he looked in there, the fire was so hot, and here they are walking around in there unharmed. And they saw a fourth person in there. And... Um, he was like the son of God. He was the son of God. It was Jesus. So we are not supposed to be afraid to go into any place that the Lord tells us to go. But we're never, this is detail now, we're never to go into any place or to keep any commandment that anybody makes that is not of God. We're not to bow down before idols. Amen? Yeah. Okay, so. I am the uh, he that liveth and was dead. They should tell you something, that they can't kill me. Nobody can kill me. Uh, you killed me, but I raised myself up from the dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Nobody can kill me anymore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Now, here's what I'm telling you to do. And I believe I have the power to tell you to do what I want you to. And if you don't, I'll sling your soul to hell. Verse 19, write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. Now, this is detail. Well, we heard part of what you said, but we ignored the rest. Write the things which you have already seen. Write them down and make sure it's detailed. And the things which are, that you're seeing now, and the things which shall be hereafter, the things that I'm going to tell you from this date forward. Because you Christians are slothful. And I want you, John, to be an example. I want you to have the book of Revelation yeah, so I can show people what it takes to be a Christian. It isn't once over lightly like you did, you people in the past. You did what you wanted to, and you, what you were interested in, you were interested in, but what you weren't interested in, you just let it fall by the wayside. But this is God talking to you now, and so be detailed. Verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand. Well, he said he saw the seven stars, amen? Yeah. And the seven golden candlesticks. It's a mystery about these to him. 
and seven star, the seven stars, the seven stars, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, are the angels of the seven churches. The churches have angels. And the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, are the seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven churches. Because they're candlesticks, the candelabras, they stand up and uh, we see them, they're called the menorah, right? Menorah, and how many candles are on there? Seven? Seven. Seven candlesticks are on the menorah. Now those are the seven churches. So those seven candlesticks that you see on the menorah are symbolic. The Jews don't even know this, of the seven churches of Asia. Amen? Amen. So there's all kinds of clues if you're detailed. Very detailed. Verse chapter 2. Unto the angel of the church. Now he's going to uh, talk about the church of Ephesus here. Not all of them at the same time. He's going to go through them methodical in detail. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Write these things. The Lord says to write these things. Unto the church of Ephesus, write. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his hands. Right in his right hand. Well, what are the seven stars? Hmm? Hmm? No, the candlesticks are the churches, aren't they? The stars are the angels. The stars. Now one of them piped up and said the stars are the angels. Yeah. Already they forgot. Isn't that something? How they forget and then they walk away from the mirror and tell you, uh, you know, they forget what they're supposed to say and what they're to remember. Is there something more important in this world, in this carnal world to remember than this? Now, this is the word of God. So, the seven stars that he holds in his right hand, these are what? Angels. The seven, not the angels, they're the seven angels, kitties. The seven angels, all right? That's just what I was saying, you people are um, slothful, you're not detailed at all. In his right hand. Who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Now, what are the seven golden candlesticks? The seven churches. The seven churches. That's right. Why are they called churches? Because the candles light up the world. The churches light up the world. Because the churches have the word of God. And we need to not hide the candle, the churches, the candlesticks, under a bushel or under a bed, but we have to let the light, the word of God, shine brightly in this world or nobody's going to be saved. Okay? Now the Lord is saying to this church of Ephesus, he's not addressing all the churches, just one right now. Verse 2. I know thy works, O you Ephesus people. 
you Ephesus church, I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Uh, we can't stand evil people that don't remember the word of God, even two minutes. Yeah, sluggish, you're sound asleep, you're dead. Can't bear them that which are evil. Well, why are they evil if they can't remember them? How are they going to win souls if they pay no attention to the word of God? They don't know what the seven stars. I say that was the seven churches. No, the candlesticks are the churches. And these are the angels, the stars of the seven churches. The seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches. But you can't stand, you Ephesus people, you, uh, they're in the Ephesus, you can't bear them which are evil. Can't stand them. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles good Christians and are not apostles and hast found them liars you're liars there's no detail in you you're very detailed in worldly things but not in spiritual things he's saying to them Jesus won't call them liars amen yeah. Verse 3, it has borne and has uh, patience. You've uh, borne the cross. You've carried the cross. You've borne the cross. You've carried the cross. You've kept the commandments. You've walked in the spirit and have patience. You've patiently and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. The Lord doesn't uh, like people that are weak and fainted because if you were in his spirit, you would not be weak spiritually. And so if you're not powerful in the spirit, you're weak. And the Lord does not have sympathy for weak when the spirit is available for everybody. There's no need for you to be weak. And so he's commending them because they have not fainted. They've labored and have not fainted. They keep doing the will of God and they never get tired. They haven't fainted. They haven't said, oh, I'm doing so much. I just do some. I do more than everybody. Nobody else in the church does as much as me. Sometimes people call me and say that to me. And I say, well, look, I'm... Um, and now a lot of people may construe what I'm going to say as being hypocritical, but it's not. I say, look, I know that yeah, your works, I know you're not doing that much. I'm at least a hundred to several hundred times uh, busier than you are, and I'm not complaining. But you're complaining, and you're not even near as busy as you should be. And you have not fainted. I haven't fainted. Okay, 
But this is the things that the Lord commands them on at Ephesus. But here he goes, number four, verse four. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou that hast left thy first love. Well, what is the first love? If you think back, you have to think of how uh, wonderful and how uh, zealous you were when you first got saved. Oh, man, I went to the... Um, media and I told him Jesus coming back to earth again re repent and, and print this in your newspapers and all this they said yeah we will they must have thought I was a little bit crazy but I, the, the newborn the people that are really born again in the spirit are full of zeal they don't have much wisdom because uh, when I told Sue they said they're going to print it and I waited for the newspaper to come out and it wasn't there and she laughed at me she says they're not going to print it those people are evil well, they are going to pray Jesus coming back to earth again. Then Jesus says in the fifth verse, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. First of all, remember when you first got saved, how zealous you were. And now I want you to think back as when did you, uh, what caused you to fall? Where was it that you, uh, and why? Have you fallen? And I want you, uh, he says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. You've lost your first love. You've left your first love of preaching and teaching and, and praising the Lord and thanking the Lord. You actually are mocking people that praise and thank the Lord, you creep. Remember therefore from whence uh, thou art fallen. You've left your first love and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto you. Uh, um, I will come unto you the uh, quickly and will remove your church, your whole candlestick out of his place except thou repent. Hmm. In other words, the Lord wants you to be so full of fire and zeal. Uh, and if you're not, he's going to remove your church. I don't need sluggers and people that are not detailed and think that they're condensing things by saying, yeah, the churches or the candlesticks or we met a few people or there was a few people, a few responses instead of saying the amount and where the amount is coming from because Whenever the Lord touches somebody, I want to know where it's coming from, okay? I want detail. You know, but it's not important for you to know because you've lost your first love. And, you know, trying to put your first love back in you, the Lord says you have to get back on the train, get back on the plane. And if you don't do it, he's going to come upon you quickly and will remove your candlestick, your church, out of his place, except you repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Well, you hate the, the Vatican. Now, this is, uh, we tell us in the Bible uh, what the Nicolaitans are and where they're out of and all this uh, 
city of the seven hills, the seven mountains, and uh, tells all the different things that the Vatican does. Which Jesus said, I also hate their deeds. Now, he doesn't hate the people there, but he says, remember, it says, but this thou, hate, uh, thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds, the false doctrine of the Nicolaitans. He doesn't hate the Nicolaitans, but he hates what they're doing. And he hates what you're doing too. He wants you to get back to your first love and be zealous. Amen? Amen. So he hates the deeds of the, you people hate the deeds of Nicolaitans, which I, Jesus, also hate. So we see that the Lord has hatred in him. Verse 7, and it's good hatred. He hates the devil. And therefore, he doesn't want his churches to mingle in with the different religions on earth today like you see the media and the government trying to get you to do. And if you don't mingle in with all the different false religions, they say they're going to take your tax-exempt status away. And if you don't let uh, homosexuals move into your church, no, the Lord hates that. And people are trying to do this. We were just talking about a person in the city uh, government, uh, in the county government, saying, hey, uh, we're going to harass you, and God dropped the person dead. It just in like he got cancer, and in just a few days after that, he was dead. And so he can't harass us anymore, and he'll do the same thing to anybody that harasses us, because these are the end times. Well, I see that uh, so far... We've gotten so far here today into chapter 2, verse 6. But now we've got to read some letters because there's only a few minutes left. We've got a couple of minutes here. Okay, where's the first letter from? From Rosebud, Arkansas. Rosebud. Okay, let's hear what they have to say. Dear Tony and Sharon, ministers of the gospel of Christ, my thoughts and prayers are with you daily. I thank you so much for the wonderful spiritual messages you send on CD. The way you explain, discuss, and read each passage and verse is so easy to understand and full of the Spirit. That's because I'm explicit. Okay, it's easy to understand. I don't say a few or, you know, there are some candlesticks. I'd say the whole thing. I'll keep going. We only got one more minute. I know you understand God's word deeply and are filled with the Holy Spirit. I felt that the day we visited you in your home, and I still feel it as I listen to your messages. I especially enjoy the CDs of your radio interviews, and I know they are true, for I personally have had spiritual experiences that only spiritual Christians would believe. A few days ago, I saw the sketch of your story on Channel 11. Of course, it was distorted into a smear, but with us, we know it was done by the reporter trying to further his career, and he was willing to destroy others to help himself. And the two people took an opportunity at revenge. It's easy to see that neither of them, nor the supposed daughter, fit into your world, as they were wicked and evil-minded, especially the clerk of the council member of Falk. I sent you what I, I sent you what I got recorded. I want you to know we realized Channel Eleven. Yeah, some of those people in Falk have repented lately because we don't hear anything from them anymore. Then what? I want you to know we realized Channel Eleven should be ashamed to lower themselves to allow any reporter to put that out because many people just accept what the TV says. If I hadn't met you personally, I may have accepted it myself. But thank God I did have the honor to meet you, and not only you but Susan also at Porter Wagner's studio. That I'll never forget. Okay, our time is up, so we'll have to finish this on the next broadcast. Um, right now it's time to pray, though. 
And so we give two minutes for the reading of the word, uh, for the letters rather. And so right now, um, those of you that want to, that love detail, you love to learn about the Lord and to really learn all the details of him, uh, you say this prayer, you want to be born again, you want to be saved, you want to be on the gospel train, the, the gospel plane, in the, the meaning the Holy, you want to be in the spirit. Uh, say this prayer so you can become, and it's for sure, it's true, so you become a son and a daughter of the Lord. Say to him, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all of my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. Your word says that all that call shall be saved. You'll hear. And I've called, and I'm saved. And I thank you for it, Lord. Now just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord. And Sharon... Tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 755-755. It's free. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. 7370 or fax to area code 479 782 7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying, Tune in again tomorrow for another um, powerful, important message for you to have eternal life and to be on the straight and narrow to enter heaven. Well, here I am with the J.D. Sumner and the Stamps Quartet to sing for you Consideration. I have no one, I have no one to which I run, to which I run, only the Lord, only the Lord, whom I can turn, whom I can turn, Lord in your blessed consideration. Consider me, oh Lord, consider me. Tide rolling high, tide rolling high. The billows defy, Lord, hear my plea, Lord, hear my plea. Don't pass me by, don't pass me by. Lord, when you smile on creation, consider me, oh Lord, consider me. Bad winds may blow, bad winds may blow, bad breakers roar, bad breakers roar. They beat on every side, 
Oh, one thing I know. One thing I know. And to be sure. And to be sure. In thee, my soul can hug. When I'm alone. When I'm alone. Without a home. Without a home. Friends and my loved ones. Friends and my loved ones. All are gone. All are gone. Lord, when you give up. Heaven's reservation Consider me Oh, Lord, consider me Lightning may flash Lightning may flash Wild waves may dash Wild waves may dash The tempest raging hard Sent from above Sent from above Whispers of love Whispers of love Attend my feeble cry Boom, 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 boom The day will come The day will come Life will be done Life will be done Lord in your presence, let me be one. Lord, when you give up heaven's reservation, consider me. Oh, 